So I really, really, really tried to make this one a little bit shorter, but it is a little bit longer talking about why sugar is not the best for us and why we really want to decrease our amount that we are taking in. And also looking at the different names of sugars and the different types of sugars that are out there that can really deceive us when we go to the grocery store and start looking at labels and trying to figure things out. So hopefully you might want to just grab a cup of coffee or a nice beverage and sit back and put your feet up and plug into this episode because like I said, it's a little bit longer than I wanted to, but there's a lot of information and hopefully we don't get lost in it, but it's kind of important. So let's get started. Hey there, beautiful. I'm so glad you stopped by. Welcome. Welcome to another episode of More Than Hope Podcast, where we will openly discuss how to find that wonderful, radiant, vivacious goddess that you once knew and bring her back to life. I'm Wendy, holistic nutritional consultant, and I know we're going to be best friends because I know that it takes more than just hope and the occasional carrot to reach your heart's desire. And I want to help by offering you real solutions because after all, you're a real woman dealing with real issues in the real world. Let's face it, life can be tough sometimes. Heck, our own inner voice can be our own worst enemy, and it's hard to get out of our heads and see the reality of life. But when we have someone to turn to, someone to lean on, someone who has our backs and gets us, life can be a little easier. We smile more. We laugh more. We appreciate life more. I'm here to tell you that I am that someone. I'm on your side. And truth be known, I love you. So grab your carrot and let's get started. Hey, welcome back. Today I wanted to talk about the hidden sugars and why we really are trying to avoid sugar, basically. So it's going to get a little technical. It's going to be a little bit more medically kind of focused. Um, but hopefully I won't, it won't be so dry that I'm going to put you guys all to sleep. It's going to hopefully give you a bit of an eye opener about why we're doing a lot of this, um, and give you a bit of a perspective. Hopefully it won't be as long as my past ones. We're going to try to keep it as short, as sweet as possible. So we're going to dive into some hidden sugars. First of all, um, there's lots and lots of different kinds of sugars out there, you know, going upwards of 50 plus different kinds of names of sugars that often tend to um, trick us and elude us, especially when we start looking at food labels. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that many of you are really kind of looking at the food labels, even just familiarizing yourself. If this is a new thing for you and you're really kind of putting a new um, spin on your grocery shopping expeditions or um, this is kind of a new way of thinking about food or looking at food for you, this is going to be a little bit overwhelming maybe because um, – a lot of this is quite new, but for those of you that have been playing around with it, kind of getting yourself familiar with a lot of the different terms with regards to sugars, um, hopefully this is not going to be too, too much information for you. So I'm not going to go into all of the 50 plus different names. I'm going to kind of rhyme off more of the um, more normal ones, but I will list them and I'll put a list in the link um, or in the comments so you guys can at least get uh, the, the names of them. And then, you know, take your phone out and kind of either take a picture of uh, the list or transfer it to your phone somehow, copy and paste it to uh, the notes in your phone. So when you go grocery shopping, you can look and see uh, where these sugars are with regards to uh, the foods that you're buying. Hopefully, we're getting away from processed foods, um, prepackaged foods, pre-made foods, and really, you know, filling up the basket more with whole foods. But I mean, obviously, life is what it is. Uh, we don't live alone. We have other people in our lives, and there are special occasions and everything else. So you're going to have the, the opportunity or you're going to have the times when we are still going to buy convenience foods. 
life is still going on. We want to try to get away from it as much as possible, but understanding that things are the way they are and we are always going to have some part of our diet that is going to consist of processed, uh, pre-made foods. So looking at the regular sugars, fructose. Fructose is found in honey and fruit. Uh, galactose is found in milk and dairy products. Glucose is found in honey, fruits, and vegetables. Lactose. So we hear a lot about lactose because people are lactose intolerant or sensitive to milk. And so they figure that they should be taking lactose out of their diets, which is fair enough. Um, but uh, lactose is that sugar that's found in milk. Um, it's made actually from glucose and galactose. So when we put certain sugars together, they make other sugars on top of it. Now, these sugars that I'm talking about right now, they're monosaccharides and disaccharides. So single sugars and um, two sugars put together. Like I was just saying, the lactose is the glu glucose and galactose. That's a disaccharide. Um, saccharide is that sugar molecule. And when you say mono, that's a single sugar and dye is obviously too. Um, like I said, it gets a little bit technical. If this is not your thing, don't worry about it so much. It's not something that you really have to know. Um, but if you're interested, there's like tons of information out there. But you know, I'm just giving you kind of an overview here. Maltose is found in barley. So you get a lot of that maltose. So <laughs> I don't know, for some reason, the maltose was never one of those ones that I really like. I'm not a malt fan. You'll find the maltose comes, um, is that malt beer or, um, if you've ever eaten those candies, Maltesers, I don't know if you, a lot of places don't have them. As a child, we used to get them in our stockings from England. Um, it was a big thing over there. Uh, I, like I said, not my cup of tea, to be honest with you, <laughs> but it is a sugar. Um, sucrose. So sucrose is made up, it's a disaccharide. Sucrose is make up, made up of glucose and fructose, which is found in plants. And then you have um, and my pronunciation is very poor, xylose. So this is the sugar that's found in wood or, and straw. And you see a lot of that with um, um, artificial sweeteners as well. So sugar actually comes from beets and cane. Most of the table sugars that we see come from those things. But sugar also comes from a lot of honey and many of the fruits, so dates and coconuts and tree saps. So your maple syrup is one of those examples of that. Molasses, which isn't technically a sugar, um, is actually a potent black syrup that's a byproduct of, and I'm just reading this, byproduct of when sugar is extracted, extracted from beets and cane sugar, which is kind of new news to me because I thought um, molasses was actually a sugar. Um, white sugar contains almost no molasses, but brown or raw sugar contains some. So molasses can be found in brown sugar. Uh, can also be make uh, can also make brown sugar stick uh, stickier, and of course, dark shade of brown. So that's what that's what molasses is. My husband is a big molasses fan, so I always have molasses in my house. Um, it's very sweet and. Um, um, for vegetarians, uh, molasses is one of those things that has vitamin B, what is it, B12, I believe. I have to double check on that. But molasses is, um, sorry, I'm just checking my, uh, my, uh, my handy dandy Google, just to be sure. Uh, but molasses is uh, one of those things that is very, very distinct and something that you uh, can always know what it is. Uh, let's see. Actually, molasses is a good source of iron and selenium and copper. Um, it also contains some calcium in the role of bone health. Um, let's see here. 
It's also good for your blood because of the iron component. Um, it's got lots of lots of potassium in it. But again, these are all secondary to the fact that it's very sweet and high caloric. So anyways, um, getting back to this uh, different sugars. Those are the main components like the sorry, my dogs keep coming in and out of the room. I apologize. You probably hear them. Um, those are the main monosaccharides and disaccharides. Um, again, not really talking about artificial sweeteners or uh, sugar substitutes at this point. That's a whole different show. But there's other uh, solid and granulated sugars as well, too. So you're going to get your beet sugar, your brown sugar, your cane sugar uh, crystals or cane juice crystals. Um, you're also going to get castor sugar, coconut sugar, confectioner, confectioner sugar, also known as powdered sugar or icing sugar. That's uh, another name for it. So when you're looking through recipes and understanding um, confectioner sugar or powdered sugar, that's icing sugar for there's a lot of different names for the same thing. Um, and when we're looking at labels, things are not going to necessarily be um, labeled cane sugar. Sometimes it will, especially if you go towards more of a natural sugars, uh, brown sugar, coconut sugar. Um, it's going to be those fancy long, you know, unpronounceable names that uh, elude a lot of us. And I'm going to try to pronounce them. My pronunciation of these kinds of things is very, very poor. So please please forgive me. <laughs> You're also going to have corn syrup solids, uh, crystalline fructose, date sugar, demera, uh, demera <laughs> again, pronunciation is very poor and I apologize for hacking that up, uh, sugar. So those are kind of some of the ones that you're going to see, um, with regards to the solid sugars. Uh, let's see here. So you're also going to have uh, dextrin, diastatic malt, ethyl maltol, Florida crystals, never heard of that one, um, golden sugars, glucose syrup solids, grape sugar, uh, icing sugar, maltodextrin, muscovado sugar, Panela sugar, raw sugar, uh, sugar, which is just granulated or table sugar, succinate, uh, turbinado sugar, and yellow sugar. So those are all different variations of solid sugars. When we look at our liquid or syrup sugars, we've got agave nectar or syrup, barley malt, again, is that malt? Uh, blackstrap molasses, brown sugar syrup, buttered sugar or buttercream buttered sugar or buttercream, um, caramel, which is another syrup, carob syrup, corn syrup, um, um, evac evaporated corn syrup, uh, fruit juice, any fruit juice is going to be concentrated sugar. Um, and then, then you also have the fruit juice concentrate, which is even higher, golden syrup, um, the dreaded high fructose corn syrup, honey, Invert sugar, malt sugar, maple syrup, molasses, which is different from blackstrap molasses, um, rice syrup, refiner's syrup, um, sorghum syrup, which I believe believe um, sorghum is a lichen. And then there's treacle. So these are just some names that, and I'm going to list them. Um, in the comments so you guys can get a different uh, idea about different kinds of sugars. And then I just wanted to talk a little bit about um, why. I mean, really, why are we trying to cut our sugars out? It has a lot more to do than just trying to lose a few inches on our waist. Um, but it has to do with a lot of our health concerns as well, too. So I don't want to go to medical, technical on you, but I just want to give you a bit of an idea. So uh, why we really want to uh, watch our sugar intake, because like I said, sugar's not the bad guy so much, 
but it's the the amount of sugar. Sorry, my animals are walking around. You can hear them. The amount of sugar that we take in that is so deceiving because we are taking in so much more than what we believe we are because from anything from marinara sauce to peanut butter, there's added sugar in everything. I mean, peanut butter alone, I mean, yeah, it tastes good. But I mean, once you start tasting real natural peanut butter, people kind of, they look at you and go, oh, how can you do that? But once you refine your taste buds to eat real natural foods, the other stuff is just garbage. And, 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 and I specifically find that when I've eliminated sugar from my diet in a certain food, say like peanut butter, I have a hard time going back to the sweetened version because it just tastes so bleh, like too, too sweet, too sugary, too like, I don't know. I can't have regular sugar in my coffee anymore because it just is so overpoweringly sweet that it just, it makes it taste like syrup almost. And, and I have a hard time with like enjoying it. Um, if you force yourself, yeah, you could get used to shake sugar quite easily and quite fast. It's that opioid um, responses that's going on in your brain that we talked about earlier. But the thing is, you don't want to. I mean, there's lots of alternatives out there. And there's a lot of ways to, you know, take, get into not having it. And why? Well, because, first of all, like I said, it can actually cause you to gain weight. And we talked about that over the last couple of episodes, trying to look at, uh, understand how it actually gain, um, helps you gain weight. We looked at a couple of different theories with regards to um, obviously sugar, um, insulin, um, leptin, which is um, uh, that hormone that um, helps you um, know when you're sati satiated and if you are, end up um, taking in too much fructose that hormone becomes um, not dormant but it lags in, in the ability of doing what it has to do the body becomes resistant to it and then we just have this continual like you don't understand why you're eating all the time eating all the time eating all the time um this is because you happen to be or you may be resistant to leptin and it's one of those things that happens as 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 well as um insulin resistance which is the beginning steps towards uh, potentially towards diabetes so you're really becoming quite aware of a lot of that um and understanding that, you know, taking in your pop and your fruit juices, uh, you, this is uh, very much a contrib contributing factors to a lot of this weight gain, you know, and um, trying not to get into that frame of mind that sugar is bad once again, but understanding the amount of sugar that we're taking in, especially through our beverages, uh, increases the risk of weight gain and lead to that visceral fat accumulation. So that that fat that goes around our midsection, which predisposes us to the potential for um, disease process down the line. There's an actual formula that uh, I use with my clients that if your weight, the girth um, measurement around your midsection, so right at your belly, uh, is over a certain amount for uh, women and men. It's uh, different for both. This can really give you um, the potential for uh, risk factor, increased risk, fa risk, risk factors for uh, diabetes and heart disease. So this is not stuff I'm making up, people. This is this stuff that is rightly out there. And so another reason we, and I'm just sort of kind of going right into that is that it may increase your risk for heart disease. So high sugar diets are associated with the risk uh, of many diseases, including um, heart disease. And that is maybe one of the number one death uh, killers in the world for so many adults. Um, it's, it's kind of that cascading effect where is that you start, start off with 
poor sugars that you're taking in your diet, which lead to obesity, which lead to inflammation, which uh, and high triglycerides and blood sugar levels uh, rising up, making wreaking havoc on your pancreas. Um, uh, you know, uh, slowing down uh, hormonal processes in your body, increasing the blood pressure levels because you're usually, and we talked about that connection between sugar and fat in another episode, um, that the sugar hangs onto the fat and then usually associated very tightly with fat intake. Um, because, I mean, if you have, um, let's see here, barbecue ribs, you're going to have maybe a sugary syrup that goes on at a barbecue sauce that goes on it that has a lot of sugar. Um, most things go hand in hand, fat and sugar. And the more, the better it tastes to you probably is because it's a high fat and high sugar content. So we're trying to actually separate those two and having really good healthy fats and then keeping our sugars separate from them um, as a result to really disconnect those two because um, fats can be quite nicely processed in your body through the um, you know the bile that's produced in the gallbladder and distribute to where they need to be or used up as energy <coughs> excuse me and <coughs> they don't end up getting staying in your system and clogging up your arteries as a result and when they do when you're combining the sugar and the uh, high um, high triglycerides or the high <coughs> excuse me the high um, fat content in your body this is one of the risk factors for heart disease so additionally consuming too much sugar um, especially in uh, sweetened drinks has been actually linked to that arterial sclerosis. So that's that your, your blood vessels are um, getting smaller as a result because the, the fatty deposits are clogging those arteries. So the blood isn't able to get through your arteries as well. And that actually increases the blood pressure overall. So this is why blood pressure is so very much uh, linked with heart disease and stroke and cardiac arrest further on in life. Um, and one of the predisposing factors or potentially could be a predisposing factor with regards to that. And um, this is why uh, women, especially because heart disease really affects women quite substantially, have to monitor their blood pressure because it ends up being one of those silent killers where we don't realize that our blood pressures are high because there's no there's no um, uh, signs or symptoms of high blood pressure, and uh, you know, and then it just all of a sudden, boom, we get caught with a heart attack or a stroke out of the blue, or we think it's out of the blue, not realizing that our blood pressure has been quiet for many many years and kind of snuck up on us. So actually just watching um, your sugar consumption sugar consumption with regards to your um, uh, everything and, and understanding that um, obesity, high blood pressure, inflammation, these are all very much linked with um, dying of heart disease. So for people, um, another thing sugar has been linked to is acne. So I know it seems kind of a minor thing com comparatively to heart disease, but acne can be one of those things that can be quite disturbing and upsetting for a lot of people, especially a lot of older people who thought that we have gotten through this whole stage of hormonal acne and, um, you know, and, uh, you know, potentially having um cystic acne and skin issues as a result it's 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 very very disturbing it can be quite upsetting for a lot of people um you know so 
you go, we go through our teens and we have a diet that's potentially high of fat and high sugar content, you really want to um, try to lower the glycemic foods that you're taking in to reduce that acne. And one of those big ones for people with acne is dairy products. So um, taking in a lot of cheeses and milks and ice creams and again, fat and sugar all together uh, really do exasperate a problem, especially when there's a, a crazy mix of hormones going on in your life. And then of course we get through all of that and we get into uh, menopausal years where our hormones are back to where we started <laughs> before we were um, in our childbirthing years. And this increases our risk for acne again. Well, you know, so really taking a look at your diet again and understanding that uh, sugary foods, they spike our blood sugar and insulin levels. And this causes androgen, which is another um, one of those sex hormones. Um, it it um, increases the androgen secretion, which increases oil production and inflammation and all plays a role in that acne development. So you can be scrubbing your face as much as you want. But if you don't look at what you're putting in your body, first of all, then it can really uh, make no difference what you do on the outside. When we really have um, issues going on in our body, the last sign of our bodies, you know, screaming at us, hey, take it, pay attention, is through our skin. So any kind of skin issues that we're ever going to have is the result of, of the body going, okay, this is the last resort. What do we need to do to let this person know that there's issues going on inside? is to throw it out to the skin. So you get a lot of your eczemas, your acnes, your psoriasis for eczemas and, and psoriasis more for allergy situations, but acne uh, definitely for a sugar consumption. And again, that sugar and fat consumption. Uh, let's see, so going back to the medical end of things, um, why we want to decrease sugar increases our risk for type two diabetes. And this is kind of, a no-brainer um, but at the same time if you start listening to and following um, Anthony William the medical medium there is different schools of thought with regards to type 2 diabetes it's not all about the sugar yes sugar has a big role in it um, with regards to obviously obesity um, the shifting of the hormones the insulin resistance um, wreaking havoc on our pancreas, um, the fluctuation in our blood sugar levels. All these different things can be very, very uh, detrimental to the body. But it's when you um, when you increase or sorry, when you combine that sugar with fat is what you really are going to be getting like a double whammy. Um, with regards to disease process. So taking a look at, again, your diet, you're going to want to stay away from all kinds of um, processed sugars that we talked about earlier and look towards um, more natural sugars and keeping it away from fat components. Um, so, yeah, so just again, kind of everything that we've been talking about all along, but just sort of reiterating it. Now, sugar may risk uh, may increase your risk of cancer as well too. So, uh, excessive amount of cancers, uh, sorry, excessive amount of sugar um, can really um, cause a lot of issues in your body. When I look at the blood through live blood analysis, I see the potential for disease process. I cannot diagnose, I cannot say exactly what the disease is, but this is where a whole health history comes in and I take all the bits and pieces and try to put them together and I talk to the person and we do a, a comprehensive look at who they are individually, biochemically, and, um, and look at their life and everything else. And what I can see in the blood when I look at it is the fact that there is something going on. There's acidity in the body. There's inflammation in the body. There is a lot of predisposing little risk factors that can lead up to a disease process if you don't really heed the warning signs. So when it comes to something like cancer, 
taking in too much sugar and from um, this, the, the monosaccharides, the disaccharides, uh, and and really allowing it to flourish uh, while not, uh, you know, not taking in uh, having a sedentary, like it takes a lot of variables, a sedentary lifestyle, um, a high sugar diet um, consistently over years, um, little to no fruit, little to no vegetables, high, high meat content in your diet, um, high salt content in your diet, little to no water in your diet, um, trans fat intake, like animal product uh, fats that you're taking in you know, um, high stress lifestyle, all these predisposing factors, uh, a mental, a state of mental uh, negativity ongoing. All these things are what they call predisposing factors. So there's a lot of different things and a lot of different uh, issues that when you put them all together, it's like a, it's like a storm that is just waiting for you to you know, get, gather enough energy to produce um, a situation where you are um, you are are in trouble. Basically, um, unfortunately, sometimes we don't see those warning signs, or we choose to not see those warning signs, or we um, we we just push them aside and say, "Oh, I'm going to live my life the way I want, right to the end." That's fine. It's, this is <laughs> your life is your life. This is totally up to you. Uh, if you this, that's the way you want to live your life, definitely. Um, but the body does give you signs. Inflammation um, caused by sugar intake, because we're talking about sugar, not, not anything else. But inflammation is a warning sign. Inflammation is good. Inflammation is the body trying to help itself to um, protect you basically, from what's going on. But with overconsumption of sugar and, um, you know, the body eventually will just say, oh, my goodness, they're not listening. The inflammation's getting worse, the, you know, the, and it's going to start causing breakdown, um, insulin resistance, and then uh, leading towards that disease process. So this is how something like sugar, something as simple, or you think of as simple as sugar can lead to um, the risk of cancer, because it's that, it's that path that we take, sometimes unknowingly, hopefully with the information I'm giving you that it's not unknowingly now, but it's the path that we can take, or that we end up taking over a long period of time, that Eventually, the body just is. It just says, "What the hell? I can't fight this anymore." Your your uh, pancreas slows down. Um, you know, your kidneys will slow down. Your liver gets so overburdened that it can't process anymore. The buildup of toxins in your life. You're always constantly bombarding it with with sugar, with with alcohol, with bad foods, with bad fats, with bad thought processes, with and the body's like, I'm doing the best I can. I'm, and it keeps working and working and working. And, and for years and years and years, you can go um, without any kind of disease process. And then, boom, you get hit with a diagnosis. Uh, and you wonder, well, that came out of the blue. But the thing is, the body does do the best it can up until the point that it can't anymore. And even after diagnosis, it still really does do its best to to keep you as healthy as possible. But even after a diagnosis, if you don't shift your ways and continually eat the same foods and continually have the same negative thought patterns and continually have, you know, a steak every day and uh, French fries and no fruits and vegetables and, and you continually sit on the, on the couch, it's you, you will succumb. You will succumb to it. Um, the body can only do so much. And one of the first signs, like I said, is inflammation and insulin resistance and um, the gaining of weight around the midsection. Um, and uh, yeah, <laughs> hmm. that's pretty heavy, I know. Uh, take a breath and understand that these things are reversible, okay? And this is why we're doing what we're doing. So take a deep breath and we'll go into a few more. Hopefully not going to be so depressing. But that being said, um, actually, 
sugar increase, uh, sugar intake can actually risk, um, increase our risk for depression as well too. So um, through a healthy diet, we actually can improve our mood. So um, a diet with added sugar and processed foods may increase your chances of developing depression as well. So consuming a lot of processed foods, including the high sugar products such as cakes and sugary drinks and um, all these other things can really shift our blood sugar levels. And um, the neurotransmitters that, uh, you know, that uh, send the messages back and forth from our from our body to our brains and back and um, again, this really gets uh, shifted or dysregulated in our body with a sugar intake and inflammation really causes a lot of that problem as well too. So um, understanding that even though, we especially when we start looking at emotional eating there's like two components i mean there's a physical and there's an emotional always with it's probably more than that but there, that's kind of what we're kind of dealing with right now there's that emotional aspect of turning to a, a sugary product or um, a baked product or a processed product for emotional relief um, or as a coping mechanism. And because we may end up gaining weight as a result, or because we might end up having feelings of guilt and shame as a result, this can cause um, mood shifts and cause us to dive a little bit deeper into a hole that might be um, described as depression. But also because uh, sugar really plays havoc with our physical body as well too it really um because when we take in sugar we um are and we talked about this opioid opioid centers of the brain where you um, get stimulated by taking in sugar but after a while those receptors become numb to the increased sugar that we take in and they and they just don't work properly at all so taking in that sugar um we end up taking in more and taking in more taking more more but the serotonin levels in the in the um uh um what's the other one um there's my brain gone again anyways <laughs> the 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 happy uh hormones just don't get to where they need to be and um we just end up being very very down as a result of that so really can um cause us to to really dive into a very sad state as well too in both men and women um Okay, so sugar really can actually help accelerate the aging process as well. So for my ladies that are a little bit, I don't know, you could be at any age, I suppose, and feel like you don't want to get any older. Um, for my menopausal women, I'm hoping that a lot of you are at that point in your lives where you're going, yes, I am alive and I'm loving life and I don't give a shit anymore and this is the way things are. And I'm going to do everything that I can for me because I'm worth it. But not all of us are there right now. So a lot of us have a tendency to look in the mirror and see nothing but sadness and despair. And we lose hope and we don't love ourselves and we don't feel we're worthy. And we don't, we, we look at lines and, and, you know, we get disheartened and we get down and, understanding that there is a process to the aging concept and and knowing that process a little bit more can really help um and understand that okay well first of all we're all going to age second of all we have to accept that because if we don't we're always going to be miserable <clears throat> miserable because we can't stop the aging process um but the thing is, we can slow it down and make it a little bit better. First of all, changing our mindset. Uh, but second of all, incorporating a lot of age-helping foods. So 
Um, okay, I'm going to read this because this is, you know, this is fact now that they've really uh, done a lot of research on um, advanced glyca glycation end products. So they're called AGEs, ages, <laughs> are compounds found by reactions between sugar and proteins in your body. And they're suspected in playing a key role in the skin aging. So consuming a diet high in sugar or refined carbs leads to the production of these ages and uh, which may lead to cause some your skin to age prematurely. So if you happen to be in your I don't know, 30s, maybe 40s, and you're seeing that your skin is just dull and lustless and your wrinkles are coming in a little bit more and, you know, short of spending $600 at your local salon to rejuvenate things, um, work from the inside out. Um, age, this, these advanced glycogen, Glygation end products can actually damage collagen and elastin in your skin. So elastin gives you that that um, that spring back in your skin. Um, and that's actually, as a side note, that's one of the ways that we check uh, dehydration in our um, in our elders. I forget the name of it right now, um, but we we pinch the skin on the back of the hand to see how fast the uh, the skin bounces back. That's elastin. Um, and you'll notice that in your face and everything else. But when we have um, uh, a lot of this, these compounds, that will actually hurt that um, collagen and elastin. So you lose the firmness and you lose and you begin to sag a little bit. And this is, <laughs> this is one of women's and men's, um, you know, dreaded aging process. The thing is too, when you really start to decrease your sugar intake into your life um, and get rid of the processed foods, start eating healthier, it, it compounds over on top on everything else. Because when you start taking in a lot more fruits and vegetables, um, a lot of greens specifically, and a lot of different, uh, you know, nutrients through fruits and vegetables you're gonna get amazing amazing results you're gonna get um and it's not even just genetics antioxidants is one of the really really big things that really can help with the aging process throughout your body not just on your skin of course we we want to look good as well too uh, but at the same time it's that sugar damage in our bodies that causes a lot of uh, free radical damage. So free radical damage is the, those things, those, those guys that we get as a result of the byproducts of a lot of different things, but eating poorly is one of them. And we don't want free radicals in our system. This is why we have salt lamps around because they shift the ionic, ionic um, uh, from negative, no, from positive, to negative. We want the negative ions in our system. Free radicals are components that have lost their positive charge, I think. I'm a bit, bit dyslexic, so if I'm not reading it, I, I might have it backwards. I apologize. But it, it, it shifts anyway. So we have the free radicals that are running around our body causing us to age. And how do we counter that? By incorporating as much antioxidants into our life as possible through healthy fruits and vegetables or and or, um, uh, you know, supplements like uh, vitamin C is, a, is an antioxidant, vitamin E, vitamin A, they're all antioxidants. Um, Juice Plus is a product that you can Google, I can give you the link to, is an amazing, amazing product that is nothing but fruits and vegetables, um, ground up, dried, and then put into capsules for you. Um, amazing, amazing product that I take personally, I've been taking for years, and it really does uh, provide you with the antioxidants that you need for anti-aging as well, too. Um, so again, 
going from outside appearances as far as those ages. So advanced glycation end products. That's what I was talking about there. And again, Google it. It's, it's not something that's a secret by any means. And like I said, uh, can increase cellular aging as well. So um, again, getting a little bit technical, the telomeres are structures found at the end of the chromosomes, um, which are molecules that hold part or all of our genetic information. So the telomeres act as a protective caps, uh, preventing chromosomes from deteriorating or fusing together. So as we get older, the telomeres uh, naturally shorten. This is part of the aging process, which causes cells to age and malfunction. So although the shortening of telomeres is a normal part of aging, healthy, unhealthy lifestyle choices can actually speed up that process. Consuming um, high amounts of sugar, again, it's not that sugar is bad, it's the amount of sugar, uh, has been known to accelerate the telomere shortening, which increases cellular aging. Kind of cool, isn't it? I don't know. I'm just a geek when it comes to this stuff, but I find it really, really, really cool. Anyways, um, sugar actually drains your energy too. So as um, when we're talking about um, why we want to decrease our sugar intake, a lot of people look at me and they go, what, it decrease, drains our energy? But the thing is, um, sugar will give us that boost we need sometimes uh, for um, normal energy levels or that boost that we need in the middle of the afternoon. That's why we grab for or that's why our body thinks it needs that uh, chocolate bar mid-afternoon. But the thing is, um, when we spike our blood sugar levels and insulin levels, they go up, then we ultimately crash, um, especially when we're using um, very simple sugars uh, like chocolate or like just table sugar or a granola bar or something along that lines, as opposed to eating something like a piece of fruit. It's going to really affect um, those blood sugar levels, boom up, boom down, and then you're out. Uh, and, and you're on the couch and you're not moving and you really wish that you didn't have to move till the next morning. Um, and this is that draining of your energy because it just, it's an up, down, up, down, up, down all the time. And eventually it, you're not going to get that energy boost from sugar, but you're still going to get the energy uh, blood sugar spikes and the blood sugar crashes. And it's just going to be an ongoing kind of situation where you are not in a good place. Um, okay. So one of the things that tends to be popping up a lot more these days is what's called fatty liver. I've had quite a few, well, um, a few anyways, clients that have had fatty liver over the years. Um, and this is a result of uh, too much fructose, um, again, linked with um, that fatty liver situation. And you would think fatty liver, oh, that has to do with fat. Well, no, it comes down to sugar again. Um, the liver in the liver the fructose is converted into energy and 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 or stored as glycogen. So um, you know, when the liver is overworked or overburdened, it, it can't do the kind of work that it wants to do. The liver can only store so much glycogen um, and the excess actually gets turned into fat. So if you're taking a lot, a lot of sugar in and you're not moving to use it as energy, it gets stored. It gets stored um in the liver, first of all, is glycogen, but then the excess gets stored as fat in the body. And this is where we end up getting a lot of our mid-waist um, um, expansion, <laughs> uh, to put it mildly, as well as the fatty liver situation. So uh, large amounts of added sugar in the form of fructose overload the liver, leading to non- alcoholic fatty liver disease. So that's, it's a very much a big thing. N-A-F-L-D, a condition characterized by excessive fat buildup in the liver. Um, a study of over 5,900 adults showed that people who drank sugar sweetened beverages daily had a 56% higher risk of developing N-A-F-L-D compared to people that did not. So again, uh, another issue to really keep an eye on. 
And just to briefly go over um, a few other risks, so increased kidney disease risk with too much sugar, uh, negative impact on dental health, and if you've ever heard me talk about anything, most of our health begins at our mouth because that's the beginning of our digestive system and whatever we put in there and whatever goes on in there, underlying infection, um, dental disease, um, um, metal amalgams, everything that is there goes through the rest of the body. Um, increased risk of developing gout. So gout is that inflammatory uh, condition characterized by pain in the joints. Inflammation, sugar, um, and accelerated cognitive decline. So um, if you've ever had brain fog because you've had too much sugar, uh, you might know the beginning stages of what this cognitive decline can be all about because sugar tends to, you know, clog and fog everything up in our minds. And once you get rid of sugar for even a little while, you will notice the clarity that comes through. Oh, it's just like, it's just like somebody's lifted a veil. It's, it can be amazing. So that's just some of the stuff that you might want to try to think about when we're really working towards um, taking out sugar. And of course, look at that. I've even made this one longer. I'm sorry, guys. You might want to break them up a little bit. Um, I'm trying to keep them a little bit shorter, but I keep talking. Anyways, enjoy your day. We'll chat soon. Oh, my beautiful friend. How are you doing? Was that episode helpful, inspiring, empowering for your journey? I'd love to know what you thought. You can head over to iTunes, the More Than Hope podcast, and subscribe and give me a review because this is going to help me to tailor these episodes to what you need most. Like I said, I'm here to help. In the meantime, you can find me on social media at Nutritional Solutions by Wendy on Instagram and Wendy Humphreys Nutritional Solutions on Facebook. The best place to find me is at my website though, www.whnutritionalsolutions.com. Every month I have a theme where I give away downloadables and other great free stuff. This is happening all the time because that's what I like to do. Also, don't forget to sign up for my newsletter and other great opportunities because if you like my podcast, you're going to love all the crazy offers I have too. Until then, know that you embody everything that is good in this world. Love yourself deeply and the world of possibilities will open up to you. I promise. Big love always, Wendy.